0: The Lord calls us to to worship this morning from the book of Psalms, chapter 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Amen. See God in heaven, we bow our heads now to raise our hearts and our voices to you, to sing praises to you, to declare the excellencies of your name in all the earth. Lord, we pray that you would be pleased with our worship today, that all that we do in spirit and in truth would be pleasing in your sight, a sacrifice that is acceptable to you. And Lord, we join our hearts together now as your people, and we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray out loud, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be here you name. me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, and the glory forever amen turn in your hymnal to page 845 as we recite together the Apostles Creed I'm going to begin by asking you a question Christian what do you believe I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Hear these words of assurance from the book of Psalms, chapter 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Amen. Let's continue to worship now. Uh, Turn in your hymnal to page 598, singing, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. come forward for the children's sermon at this time. Signed together in our confession of faith. Does anybody remember? The Apostles' Creed. Creed. Okay, and can anybody say what that is? Not don't recite it, but do you know what it is? What is the Apostles' Creed? It's a statement of our confession of faith. It's what we believe. So for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about Uh, The Apostles Creed and I want to talk to you about the phrases in it and what they mean and why they were chosen the way that they were. So this morning I want to talk with you about the first phrase we recited. Does anybody remember? I believe in God the Father. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I want to talk about the first part of that today. You said I believe. That means you're making a statement of faith. You're saying I believe that something is true. That it's possible not only to know it, but to believe it in your heart, to believe it with your mind. And when you say that you believe something, it's not just that you know it to be true, but also that it changes your life. It changes how you live how you decide to make choices. And when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, who is it that you're saying you believe in? God. God. And is He one among many? Or is He one and only?
1: only.
0: He's one and only. So when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, you're saying that He is the only one and I believe in Him. When we say Almighty, what does it mean? It means
1: that all all He is is Almighty.
0: He's Almighty. What else? What does Almighty mean? Powerful. Powerful? Anything else? He's strong. It means that there's nothing that He couldn't do. If he desired to do it, or declared that he would do it, he is almighty. There is no power that he doesn't have. So when you declare, when you say, I believe in God the Father almighty, maker of heaven and earth, you are saying that I believe in him, the one who did create all things, who has all power. Power to create me and everything that I see. But there's also something important about what we say we believe. Because there are a lot of people in the world today that say, well, I don't believe in your God. And I don't believe that He made anything. And I don't (coughs) believe at all that He came into the world. And they're sure of it in their hearts and their minds. So let me ask you, is it important that you're sure? It is important. But that's not the only important thing about that statement of faith. You're making a statement saying, I believe that this is true. And even if I were to believe something else... It is still true. Because you can be sincerely wrong and believe it with all your heart. So we're saying that it's not our belief that's important. What is important is that God exists. That He is there. So I'm going to pray for you, okay? That the Lord would make that sure in your heart and also that He would continue to show Himself to you this week. Let's pray. Father in Heaven, I thank You for these covenant children that You have given to us. And Lord, I pray for them that as we look at the Apostles' Creed together and as we recite it together on Sunday mornings, that it would be something that we think about, the statements that we make, not just being able to memorize them and say them, but to know what they truly mean, why it is important that we confess we believe in You, the Almighty Heavenly Father who made heaven and earth. Lord, I thank You that You have given us these children, and I pray that You would help us, Lord, as parents, and church members, and grandparents, that we would raise them to know you, that we would assist their parents in helping them to know you. And Lord, I thank you that we may call upon you as our Heavenly Father, the God who did make all things, that you hear us, that you condescend to hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. This morning for our responsive reading, we're going to be reading Psalm 72. It's on page 810 in your hymnal. Page 810, we're going to be reading Psalm 72, verses 1 through 19. I'll begin with the light portion. Please respond out loud together with the bold. Endow the King with your justice, O God. The royal son with your righteousness. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills, the fruit of righteousness. He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all generations. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will from sea to sea and from river to the of the earth. the desert tribes will bow before him, and his enemies will lick the dust. And the kings of the and the distant shores will to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Let its fruit flourish like Lebanon. Let it thrive like the grass of the field. May
1: His
0: name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through Him, and they will call Him blessed.
1: Praise, Praise be to God,
0: Praise be to His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled. With his glory. Turn in your hymnals to page number 188 and let's stand together and sing Jesus, I am resting, resting. You may be seated. This time in our service, we typically have a pastoral prayer. And I wanted to share with you, as many of you know, today we have a a very special guest with us. Mr. Joel Brown is here uh, to preach our sermon this morning. And as we typically do pray in our pastoral prayer for our Missionary of the Month, we're going to be praying for Joel. And he shared uh, with the elders just before the service that he is going to be taking his licensure exams uh, through the Low Country Presbytery this week. And so we want to pray especially for him as he does those exams. He's spread out some days to not try to cram him in all at once. Uh, but we want to pray for him that the Lord would give him special grace to be able to recall to mind and to be able to put in the work, uh, to do the work to get these exams done and that the Lord would sustain him. Let us pray. Our Father in Heaven, we we thank You and we praise You that we may come to You as our Father, that You call us Your children, Your sons and Your daughters through the, the gracious Act of the Lord Jesus Christ giving Himself as a sacrifice for our sins upon the cross and rising victoriously over the grave and over death and hell and over our sin. Lord, we thank You that we may call upon You and raise our voices to You in petitions now. And we pray to You, Lord, that You would bless Joel, not only this morning as he comes to preach our sermon, that You would fill him with Your Spirit and us with Your Spirit, that we would hear and receive the words of life from him the gospel that You have given to to us in Your Word. But Lord, we do also pray, especially for Joel, as he studies and finishes this week to get ready to take the exams later this week. Lord, we pray that You would bless that time for him, that it would be a time of of comfort and peace and not a time of worry and anxiety. Lord, I pray that You would help him to to get into his mind everything that he needs to, that he would have confidence as he uh, sits down to work this week that he would be able to set aside all other cares and that the cares of having a family and a job and other responsibilities, that you would allow those to be lifted that he might be able to devote himself to this work. Lord, I pray that you would help him to recall what he needs to, to be able to write it down in a way that's understandable. And Lord, I pray that you would make this truly a time of worship for him. Humble him as he, as he comes to these exams as a reminder of your goodness to him and the calling that you put on his life to share the gospel. And Lord, I do pray as the, the semester is over and the, the school years come to an end, that you would also uh, recharge his batteries. As he thinks about our UF starting on campus at South Carolina State this fall, Lord, I pray that you would uh, refresh him and renew him. All the work that he has done this past year and the challenges that, that he and his wife and the leadership team there have had to go through. Lord, I pray that you would uh, salve their hearts with the beauty of the gospel with the Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would protect his family. Give him the finances that he needs and and time with his family. That they would be able to enjoy fellowship with one another. And Lord, I pray that you would protect him, especially from attacks from our enemy. That you would keep the enemy out of his home and out of his office, out of his mind. And as he sits down to read your word and to commune with you, that it would be a sweet and wonderful time as he communes with the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank You that You hear us as we pray. And all of these things we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Privilege to hear from Mr. Joel Brown. He is a uh, native of Charleston, South Carolina, and is currently uh, studying through the Lowcountry Presbytery to uh, be the RUF minister on campus at South Carolina State. He is serving as a campus ministry associate, campus resident right now, and is part of the New City Fellowship Church, where J.P. Sidley is the pastor there. Uh, He is currently uh, studying through Lamp Theological Seminary and actually is a graduate of South Carolina State, he, where he received his BA in sociology. He and his wife, Latifia, have three children. Their names are Alex. He's nine. Olivia is six. And Liam is three. And at, he says, as a family, their calling, their goal, and their desire is driven by two Scripture passages that I want to share with you. First, from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Who believes. And then Philippians 3 7 and 8. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So let's give a very warm welcome to Joel as he comes and preaches the gospel for us this morning. All right.
2: Okay. Uh, I just want to thank you you guys for allowing me to come and preach the gospel. Um, Any opportunity I can to preach the gospel, it's extremely joyous. So thank you. Want to thank you for that. Um, We're we're gonna read the scripture and then we're gonna pray. We're gonna get to the sermon. Amen. So uh, I'm coming from Mark four thirty-five through forty-one. Mark four thirty-five through forty-one and take some time I'll give you a little bit of time to uh, go to that scripture we'll read it and then we'll pray Mark 4 35 through 41 when you're there say amen, amen. amen. alright So Mark 4, 35-41, it reads, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with them the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Beast, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would just speak through me, speak for me. Help me to decrease so that you may increase, Lord. Allow your Holy Spirit to enter this place, to work through our hearts of stone, Lord, and to allow our hearts to be hearts of flesh. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, just like uh, Pastor Matt said, I have uh, three children. My oldest is Alex, he's nine. Next oldest is Olivia, who's six, and my youngest. And most rambunctious is Liam, who is three. My daughter, Olivia, has Down syndrome. And my son, Lynn, who was born later, has, di- has been diagnosed with autism. We are not a typical family. We cannot enjoy most family outings because there is a need for parameters and specifics for us to do things as a family freely. There are not many educational resources available for students with Down's and autism, and it is very very difficult and I recently uh, had to come to the realization that I have a special needs family me and my wife both have said to each other what is God doing why would he give us two children with special needs what is he doing why would he take us through this whole ordeal with our children we, and we struggle because we cannot live conditionally like other families we have to put our faith in the Lord I mentioned a college student earlier her name was Kiera who gave her life to the Lord last year and she was recently baptized And I, like I said she became a member of our church and she loves the Lord and she can't get enough of him and one day you know she was speaking to Pastor JP and I and she was crying and she was just in pain and wondering, what is the Lord doing? I'm going through all these different things. Why can't he just deal with it? Why can't he just fix it? Why am I going through? And we comfort her and assure her that Christ loves her and cares and he's working things out. And She wasn't the only one. There are several other Bible study students who struggle to live that Christian college life. I've spoken to students who have given up on Christ because things just got too hard. In elementary school, in middle school, I don't know if you remember, this cord is, I'm sorry, is messing with me. See, in the early church, they had to worry about PowerPoints and chords. They only had to worry about the oppression of the Romans. But that's not the only. All right. But in elementary school and middle school, those who remember, if you wanted to play a game, a pickup game of football or basketball, you would have to choose your team captains. And that one lucky captain that got a chance to pick that person first would always pick the best player. That specific player has, was always the star player. And no matter the opposing team, the team had faith in that one player. I don't know if y'all remember doing that. And guess what? That team would never lose. And eventually, we came up with a term called overkill. So when the captains picked their teams, we would say, no, nah, no, nah, that team is an overkill. And this, th- 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 this was a term that meant that The team was uneven or unfair, and this was an unspoken rule that forced the stronger team to trade their second best player. So they would say, now you got, give me him, let me get him. Let me get her, she's fast, let me get, and they would come on, And it rarely worked. The teams were still uneven in spite of the adversity or the opposition. The team with the star player always succeeds. Our faith was always in that player. And no matter how banged up the other, no matter how banged up the team was, no matter how, uh, what happens, that team may always carry them to victory. Despite the uh, 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 the adversity, the pain, the opposition, the struggles that shake our world up, Christ will see it through to the end. We have to put our faith and a sleepy savior, or a sleepy God. If you understand the the paradox that Jesus is sleeping, yet he's still God, right? So when we see this text, Jesus decides to get into the boat with his disciples and go across the Sea of Galilee to the country of the Gerasenes. And while they were in, in, in the middle of the of the river. A windstorm arises. I don't know if I've never been in a windstorm before, but I'm sure at sea, it's not cool. Here's where we get to our first and You can write this down. Storms will come. Storms will come. The Bible says that the windstorm was overwhelming, and their boat began to fill with water, and eventually they would sink, drown, and die. They were legitimately scared. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there. Legitimately scared. They were about to die. And there was nothing that they could do. The boat was filling with water. It could empty. The windstorm was most, like, most likely prevented them from paddling to shore. No matter how much they tried, death was inevitable. I say all this to say that Christ is aware of every situation. He knows that they are in a windstorm. He knows that they are scared. He knows that if nothing happens, they will die. But to the disciples, Jesus is not aware. He is sleeping and doesn't know their panic and fear. Have y'all ever took a long trip with maybe one person? And that person takes a nap the whole way? and you're just thinking, here we go, I'm driving and this person's taking a nap that happened to me one time, me and my friend were driving, I, I decided to take a nap and he's driving and he put the window down and I'm like, oh, and he looked at me like don't you hate that? and Jesus is sleeping choir, during a storm what are you doing? we're all trying to struggle Ah, oh, we're about to die oh, and Jesus, in the back. Right? The disciples don't believe that Jesus is aware of the situation. He's sleeping and, again, doesn't know their fear and their panic. But mainly, they truly don't know who he is. I want you to get that. They don't know who he is. And this makes sense when you read verse 38. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now I'm not saying that Crying out to the Lord is wrong Hear what I'm saying It's the nature of the question That is wrong The the nature of the question Is due to a lack of faith
1: And guess what
2: It's not just the disciples It's us too We can get that way sometimes Even the most intelligent theologian The greatest pastor in the world Will sometimes say Lord don't you see that I'm in this situation. All of us have been there. And maybe you're going through it right now. Don't think because you're so far. So in the... I'm, reading, I'm doing all this good stuff. That you have never wondered. In the, England, in the back of your mind. Christ, what are you doing? We focus so much on the struggle that we forget who Christ is. Just think about that. We could walk with Christ for years and a storm, a struggle would come that hits us so hard, we forget who Christ is. My, there was a storm the other day. Um, I, maybe the Lord did it on purpose to use it as an illustration. I don't know. But the storm lasted for a long time. Oh my gosh, hours. It was lightning and and my son Alex, he was crying, he was he, he was screaming, he was scared of the storm. So I got up with my eyes closed somehow, because I was tired, and went into his room and, and just assured him, hey, it's going to be okay, it's going to be fine. He said, I can't sleep, the lightning is is, is scaring me. And I said, and see, we, we put music on every night, We, we they're like listening to the gospel station, so we have the gospel station on every night. And I said, Alex, just focus on the music and just close your eyes and, you know, eventually you'll go back to sleep. You know, it was, you know, it was hard. Um, But in the midst of the storm, where is your focus? What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the storm or are you focusing on Christ? In verse 38, again, Jesus is. Sleeping and he is woken up. Now, now think about this. He's not woken up by the storm, he's woken up by the cry of his disciples. Jesus, think about this too. Jesus is woken up to the wind he created, He, he to the waves he created, and He tells them He tells nature, be still. The words The words that Jesus used to stop the storm was the same words he used to create existence. He created the storm. Think about that. He created the storm. He is sovereign. That's our next point. Christ is sovereign over storms. He's sovereign. We learned that with the Apostles' Creed, he's almighty, right? He's all-sovereign. Regardless of what the disciples thought, Jesus wasn't oblivious to their situation. Sometimes we think Jesus is oblivious to the, 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 the shootings and the things that are happening, what's going on in Ukraine. And we think, well, the Lord, the Lord ain't doing nothing. What is going Sometimes we think that. That God might be oblivious to what's happening. And the, the, and, and the understanding is that he's not. He's not oblivious. He's all sovereign. Nothing sneak... Yeah, but you, you know, I get easily scared, especially when I'm focusing on something. But you ever sneak up on something are like, oh, man, don't do that, man. You, you, ever, you know, that's not Jesus. Jesus is like, oh, oh my gosh, what is happening to the world? Oh, Lord, let me get my logbook. Um, no, that's not Jesus. He's not oblivious. He's not surprised. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. Everything is in his hand. This is important. This is important. As a man, he's he's a man, right? And he's God. So as a man, he's not aware. But as God, he's fully aware. That's a paradox. But it's there. Even Jesus, being here, was susceptible to to a sin-corrupted world, yet... He's still sovereign. Now, I love this verse, right? Verse 4, you you can imagine a bunch of white disciples bugged out. Their their hearts are probably pounding from the rush, right? You're like, you can imagine. You ever been there? You ever had a rush of a sudden adrenaline and they're like probably scared and they're dripping most likely with water and their eyes are bugged out. And Jesus doesn't comfort them. You know, he he doesn't comfort them if you know. He doesn't get he has to go in and say, Hey, you okay? Y'all alright? I'm so sorry, guys. You you okay Peter? Yeah. Man, guys, oh that was crazy, right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He literally, in the midst, most likely, in the midst of them wondering what just happened, he turns to them and says, Why y'all so afraid? Do you still not have faith? I'd have been like. If I was not boy, I'd have been like. Oh man, I hope he's not looking at me. Right? But. <laughs> it's Jesus like. Y'all don't know me. How are you going to doubt me? Y'all must know who I am? The comfort. It's not in Jesus, you okay? The comfort is in the fact that He's sovereign. This is the most hardcore thing Jesus ever said. Because in the midst of our fear, which we have, our pain, our struggle, our weakness, our faithlessness, His power is made great. It's made great. It doesn't affect him. He's good. And when we see the sheer power of God at work in our own lives, and we are a witness to that. you Some of you might not be, but you might be a witness to what God has actually done and what he's actually doing. Not just in your lives, but in the world. We were brought back. We were brought back to remember, oh snap, this is Christ. I slipped my mind. I'm focusing so much on the storm I'm not thinking about who Christ is. And the disciples were probably like oh man I feel bad now. Man! Who is this guy? He is God. Sovereign over all. He will turn to us and say do you have faith in me? And if you notice something about that text, they no longer fear the storm, but the one who commands it. Do you fear the struggle or the pain, or do we turn our attention to the one that commands it? Our adversities don't command God. Yet, so that means they don't have to overwhelm us. Verse 41, the disciples ask, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. And this is answered if you ever if you read uh the one hundred and seventh Psalm, verse twenty eight and twenty-nine it reads, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Man, this this man in the back of the boat sleeping on a probably most like a very comfortable cushion is God it's God here's some application for you application couple of application you cannot run or ignore excuse me you can't run ignore or avoid storms you cannot run ignore or avoid storms some, Christ, some American Christianity, and we all know what that looks like, American Christianity has us believing that being a Christian shouldn't be filled with struggles, shouldn't have pain, but instead it should always be positive. Don't focus on that. My, my father grew up watching the Crystal Cathedral. I don't know if anybody ever watched the Crystal Cathedral, and their saying was focusing on the positive side of Christianity. And what they're trying to say is, we don't focus on sin. We're not going to focus on those other things. We're going to focus on this. And, but that's that's not Christianity. Sometimes we are taught or even teach to ignore struggles and avoid pain. And even when we try to shortcut past the pain by creating new rules, that that gives us false ideas that we think are okay. Again, that's not Christianity. We think that everything should be okay. We shouldn't have to deal with that. There shouldn't be any money problems. You're a Christian. You shouldn't be upset. You're a Christian. Why are you struggling with sin? Aren't you a Christian? But Jesus never said that everything's going to be cool. He never said that. But if you can show me in the Bible at lunch, we can have a great debate. You'll lose. I love you, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible never says that everything's going to be great, everything's going to be fine. No. Jesus actually said things are going to be hard, it'll be tough. You will have struggles. You will. Some of these storms consist of death, sickness, pain, financial hardship, loneliness, family dysfunction, abandonment, physical and mental defects. Abuse, mental, verbal, sexual abuse, all these things are part of the storms that we run into. And, and some of these storms are temporary, but some of them you will never get over until glory. My, my father, not understanding, when he found out that Olivia had down she, he didn't understand it. He was scared himself. He said, you just need to pray it away. I said it to say, there are some things that you will struggle with till the end of time. There are some sins you will struggle with. And in the midst of God is saying to you, you trust me? You trust me? You trust me to carry you through it? This storm is going to last to the end. But do you trust me? Instead of running, Instead of trying to ignore it or avoid the storm, or even, let me add, or even getting mad at God and blaming Him, which we all do, right? We need to hold fast to Jesus because He is sovereign. And this takes me to my my next application point. You can put your faith in Christ because He's sovereign. You can put your faith in Christ because he's sovereign. Christ is fully aware of everything. And he will bring you out. He is sanctifying us. He's disciplining us through these adversaries. We read that in, I believe, Hebrews 12. That though things feel hard and they're pain, God is disciplining you like a father. Don't give up. Those who are in high school and going to college, like I mentioned, it's going to get hard. High school students, high school, college, high school, all high school, right? It's going to get hard. It's going to get tough, right? But just be aware, of, and, and not just if high school students are here too, Yeah.
1: You know?
2: just be aware that Christ is sanctifying and changing you. And and, and I would say that, don't give up. Do not stop seeking the Lord. Even when the storm comes, keep the faith because God is sovereign. And the faith isn't in you, it's in Him. See, we can see the trees, but God sees the forest. One guy said, because some people like to say, man, I hit rock bottom. And this one guy said in the radio, he said, there is no rock bottom. God created the rock. The more he sanctifies us, the more we will know him. The more we can will have faith in him. And when we think about verse 38, when the disciples are asking this question, rather or not Jesus cares, with, you know, the more we put our faith in Christ, the more we will know him. That question begins to change. So we will not question. But God will hold fast. But 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 God, we want not ask the question: will God hold fast? Will He do it? We will say, Lord, I know. I know you don't want me to perish. I know you don't want me to do this. But I believe you got me. You you've got me here. You've had me here. You wash up for me here. You got me. Even if you let go, he won't. You know what it means to hold fast? You know what it means. For God to hold fast to you. Pastor, can I actually come up for a minute? This is what it means to hold fast. Jesus holds fast to you. Hold my hand. You hold my wrist. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not Jesus, but I'm going to act as Jesus. So, Jesus holds fast to us more than we hold fast to him. So, if you let go, Jesus still has you. He still... Thank you. my My assistant human.
1: Um,
2: Jesus still holds fast to you. He doesn't let go of you. Though we might let go of him amidst a storm. He's faithful even when we're not. Do you know the sovereign Savior today? Do you know Jesus today? One of the pinnacles of his sovereignty is found in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for you and you're in my sins, and he died and was buried, and on the third day he rose, defeating the storm called death. If he can defeat the storm of the defeat the, the storm of death, if he can defeat death, what other what other things can stand in his way? Jesus is in the boat with us. The, the the rain, it doesn't mention rain, but it mentions wind. But if it was raining, the rain that fell would have hit him. The wind that blew, he would have, he would feel it too. The waves that break the boat, he got splashed on too. The difference is, he can take it. We can't. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is that amidst the storm, amidst the storm, we can have peace. We can have peace even in the storm to say... I'm getting man, this boat is really getting rickety. Man, I'm sinking. I'm up to my knees, but Jesus is over here sleeping. I'm cool. Not, I'm not saying you don't ignore it. What I'm saying is that your faith is in the one who can take it, who can hold fast to you, even no matter what. You ever read Daniel three? The Hebrew boys who went the fire. What did they tell Nebuchadnezzar? Hey, we're not going to worship that god. He'll save us. But even if he doesn't, we still ain't bowing down to you, oh God. Even if we burn to death, we're still going to serve God. Because he's all sovereign. We okay? Us, must, again, I'm must not ignore the problem, but put your hope, your faith, and your trust in the one that's sleeping in the boat. If you were in the military, you don't want the God that's sleeping, right? You want the God that's aware. But Jesus is that that one military man who's sleeping, but he knows what's going on. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap up this song, this this um, this uh, sermon with a song that's uh, a, a gospel song by uh, Marvin Sapp, and it's a, it's an old song, but it, it, the song is called "He Has His Hand in, on You." He has his hand on you. And this is what one of the lyrics says. The lyric says, "He sees the tears you cry, he shares your pain inside, and sometimes you wonder why he allows you to go through what you go through." And he says, "Just know he has his hand on you." He goes and says, "Your days are filled with dark clouds, even when the sun is out. From the top of your lungs, you shout." Will there ever be a change? What shall I do? Just know he has his hand on you. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are all sovereign, Lord. And we are not sovereign, Lord. We are finite, broken, sinful creatures, Lord, who do not deserve your grace, Lord. But yet you are sovereign, you are good. Help us to hold fast. Help help us to hold fast to you as you firmly hold fast to us, even when we let go. We ask you, Lord, that you would just continue to strengthen us, Lord, as each storm comes, Lord, that we would draw closer and closer to you, Lord. Even in those times we think we don't hear you, and we thank you in the name, Lord. We pray. And we give you the glory. Amen.
0: Joel, thank you for preaching the Word. Let's stand together and sing hymn number 691, It Is Well With My Soul. offering to the glory of God. Thank you for now being able to give thanks to you, to give our tithes and our offerings, a portion of what you have so richly blessed us with. We commit these to you now, Lord, that you would use them for the sake of the spread of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the gospel might be preached in our county and in our state, in our nation and in this world, that lost souls would be taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light through your blessed Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to remind you that we're having 5th Sunday lunch together and even if you didn't bring anything or if you're visiting with us today please plan to stay and enjoy a meal together I also wanted to share with you that I will be out of the office this week um, and uh, Mr. Ted Bragsdale will be preaching this coming Sunday look forward to uh, a few days off this week and time together uh, as a family after the benediction I'll pray for our meal receive the benediction of our Lord this is from Numbers chapter 6 and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So then you shall put My name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Let us pray. Father, I pray that You would be with us now as we leave this place of worship. Thank You, Lord, for the Gospel that we heard preached this morning, and I pray for faith for Your people that we would trust You, though You may seem silent. Lord, give us faith to trust You in the midst of storms, the storms that we are in now and the storms that You may be walking us into very soon. Lord, we trust You, and we pray that You would help us in our unbelief. Lord, I pray that You would be with us now as we go to eat. Bless this time of fellowship together. Thank You for Joel being here today that we would get to share with him and hear from him. And Lord, we commit to pray with him and for him in his work and in his ministry. In Jesus' name, Amen.